Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, and welcome to the Soul Led Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Novo, and we are having our first episode of Soul Led. Yay! Welcome, welcome. Cheers. So excited to be here with you. So you probably are like, what the hell is happening? We are rebranding the final swipe podcast into the soul led podcast. I promise you we're still going to talk about spiritual dating. So don't you worry, but we're going to widen up a little bit. So thanks for being here with me. And today I have a dear friend joining me, Angelica. Hi, Angelica. Hello, Nikki. Hi, everybody. You guys probably know her and love her. Angelica is our senior soul mentor the first and only, and she's my muse and my friend, and I love her dearly. And since today I wanted to do some like, just answering questions of what you guys have submitted, I didn't want to be talking to myself. So I asked Angelica to come and help me. So she's going to be asking me questions. Hi, Angelica. Thanks. Hello. You're welcome. And I'm so excited to be here. And these questions are juicy. So I'm excited to get into it and just to share this energy with the community. Yay. So guys, quick story about Angelica. So Angelica, when I met her, she came for a reading, the dating reading. Can I share that, Angelica? Is that okay? Oh, please go for it. I'm an open book over here. Share my all my life story. Go for it. And I was like, you know, I gave her all the things. I, I thought she was like not gonna like it. She was probably gonna hang up with me, but we stuck it through. And I was like, you are extremely talented. And I basically begged her to work with me. So I wanted to coach her. And once we started coaching her through all the dating stuff, moved her into like the very intuitive stuff. And she really is the muse to so many of the things that we have going on. She's our first soul mentor. She was the muse to soul teacher, which is our level three program. And I'm just so excited to have you with me today. Thank you. It's been such a crazy ride these past few years that we've been on. And it's just so exciting to see all of these beautiful people kind of like, you know, following along the trail that you and I kind of both blindly blazed together and to just see that it works and other people are getting the joy and fulfillment out of it and finding purpose in it. And it's just quite a gift to, to have been able to blaze that path with you. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, because you guys were wondering, she has a beautiful boyfriend that she loves very much. So it works. It works, guys. It really works. And the best part is before he came, I was so uninterested. At, at that point, I was like, eh, he can come or not. And then poof, he came. So it's kind of the beauty in it. I love it. Okay, lady, what you got for me? So you have questions. So basically these questions were submitted by clients, students, followers, all the things. And I guess they're questions about things that they want to know about me, I guess. Yes. And they're very good. So I'm just looking at where we want to start. All right. We'll start like very low key. How did you know you were psychic and get into this work? Okay. So didn't really know I was psychic. So I grew up very like a normal kid, never had like those experiences of like, you know, somebody's dead grandfather showing up or predicting somebody's death or anything like that. I didn't have that. Did you have that Angelica? I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's for our episode with you. So I did not have that. 
And, and I always joke that like, I grew up, you know, in a Cuban Catholic house that if that did happen, you better believe my mom would be sending me to some sort of like, we call them despojos, which is like an exorcism to some like priest in Westchester somewhere to do like a exorcism on me. So that, thank God that I did not have any of those experiences. Cause I probably wouldn't be here today with you guys. I'd probably be like Britney Speared right now. Did you watch that documentary? It was wild, wild. And yeah. Instagram and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's very wild. And then there's like a whole thing about all these people that were famous super young and just like, yeah, it's very interesting. Exactly. It's kind of like if you would see a dead person when you're super young. And just, <laughs> so anyway, so that didn't happen to me. I grew up very normal. I do remember this one, I had this friend in high school die in a really tragic car accident. And a few months after he passed, I really felt his spirit around me often. And I just thought like, you know, growing up Hispanic, you know, you're kind of, you're allowed to connect with ancestors and things like that. So I just felt that maybe everybody could do that. I thought almost like I was just talking to nobody, but now looking back, I totally was already, I was probably the only person talking to my dead friend who had passed away. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then what happened was I had a series of like awakenings, basically. Like, you know, I, I went through this, you know, relationship. It didn't work out. I started seeking out psychics because, you know, I was either going to see a therapist, do some drugs or see a psychic. So, you know, I went, I did a little bit of all of it, but I went- All the above. <laughs> all of the above. And I met this, you know, the psychic and she was like, she told me all the future stuff. She did a great job. She like actually even predicted my husband, Benny, like two years before I met him. And she was, um, she's like, you're going to get into the metaphysicals. Like you're going to really get into the metaphysicals. And I was like, what the shit? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I was like, that's it. I've like hit rock bottom. Like now I'm going to become some wizard. And like, I was an editor at a fashion, you know, and beauty publication. So that was bizarre to me, but she was correct. Like I got really like when she did that reading and she did such a good job, I had the crazy, like idea to ask her if I could do that. Like, I was like, oh, if you can do that, can I do that? Which is crazy because typically we think that these people are like superhuman, that they have super talent on the Sith. So why would I ask that question? So I'm guessing the beginning, like the fact that I even had that question was probably like the first sign that maybe I was psychic. So she taught me a lot. She introduced me to angels and to like Doreen Virtue's work. Did you go down that path, Angelica? I, the first deck I ever have, I ever received or ever got was a Doreen Virtue deck. So I did do like a little bit of her, um, I think it was like her Ascended Masters deck, not so much like the angels, but it was more like the energy of the Ascended Masters, which I just really do. And did you, and you know that she's like a born again Christian now? Yeah, I have thoughts, but that's probably for a different... (laughs) Probably for a different... People are very triggered by that. It's very, it's very like hurtful, like when you're you like have this teacher and she was like all amazing. And then she starts telling you that like what she taught you was bullshit and that like you're the devil for, it's like very triggering. Yeah. Yeah. It it is a little bit of like, I think it's like if she just went off on her own path and was kind of like, okay, that's not for me anymore. But it's like the shaming and the like total renunciation of this huge body of work that she did that was so healing for so many people that feels a bit like betrayal. It's crazy. I'm very curious about the money aspect of it because I do know that like Hay House, you know, owns a lot of these things. So I'm sure like they can, I'm pretty sure you can still buy her stuff. Like yeah. you can still buy it. So like, I'm like, is she saying like, I say no to all this. So like, are you not collecting oh, the money or are you collecting the money, Doreen Virtue? Yes, that is a good question. The world may never know. I don't take her for truth at the time that she did it. Like when she was doing this stuff, it was truth and it vibrated well and it still resonates. So- and she did it's such like, beautiful work. Yeah, she's just a channel. So I just kind of remove her from the equation and receive the, the beauty of her work. Yeah. 
So I studied a lot of her work and that was really like the beginning of these kind of, you know, she did such a good job of explaining like what, how you can talk to them, how you can connect with them. And angels felt very safe for me because I grew up Catholic. Angels are in the Bible. Like it didn't feel scary to me. So that's what I did first. And basically like the first, first, like and I think that, you know, as you guys know, like as you join any of like the programs that we teach, or if you even work with any of us, there's like kind of this like activation in these works, you know? So like, I think even in Doreen Virtue's work, there was like an activation in me and I, all of a sudden my senses like really started opening up and I went out to dinner with this girlfriend of mine. I was like in my early twenties and we were new friends. We had just like started working together. We were friends and we were like going out to like our first friend date basically. And I'm sitting there with her, talking to her, had a glass of wine. I excuse myself to go to the restroom. I go to the restroom and all of a sudden, like I hear this lady like talking in my ear, like saying like, take care of my daughter. And of course now she's here with me again because she's always with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I drank like somebody, either somebody put something in my drink or I like had too much to drink. Like what is happening? And I leave the bathroom, like don't say anything. I don't know this friend. She's like a new friend. So I sit down with her and then, you know, within two minutes, she starts telling me that her mom had passed away when she was like, just a couple of years ago when she was 21 and, and how it was like so heartbreaking, all this stuff. And then I started to realize that her mother, her dead mother was contacting me. And with time, I ultimately like shared with her and it was so healing for her. And now, you know, she calls me all the time whenever she wants to talk to her mom, because her mom is like a very strong spirit. <laughs> She's with me now. And um, that was very helpful for me because it was like a friend's mom and, and it was really cool. To, and she was, she became my roommate, this girlfriend, she became one of my best friends. And um, it was really cool to like practice with her mom. So that was like one of the first few beginnings. And then later, like the more I studied certain things like theta healing and, you know, Reiki, this stuff, then the spirit guide started showing up. And once the spirit guide started showing up, like that was very awakening. Like it was like a big awakening to me. I, mind you, I'm doing all of this like alone at night in my little room with like nobody knowing that I'm studying this, like, you know, fashion beauty editor by day and like, you know, spirit guide speaker at night, basically. I was single. I mean, it was just like a really crazy time. And I remember I had this like underneath my bed, I had this, you know, plastic container with all the crazy books, like books about like spirit guides and Jesus and, you know, mother Mary Magdalene and angels and everything that I was studying, like energy, all this stuff. And I would always tell my, I had two roommates at the time. And I would tell the girls, I'd be like, you guys, anything ever happens to me. If I'm like thrown into a canal or if I, you know, get in a car accident, like you burn those fucking books. Okay. Like you don't let anybody know that I had, cause nobody knew I had this like other life. Basically I was studying by myself, but the spirit guides, like, so those books were so, they were like my best friends. All those teachers like were my mentors in the beginning. This was in 2008, 2009 or so. I started blogging um, and my my blog was like a dating blog. And through that dating blog, I became like self-help and personal development. And like little by little, I would kind of like inch my way into this stuff. But I was doing this work for a long time before like I could tell anybody. It was like, actually not until like after I got married, I really thought that like I was not going to find, times have changed now, but at the time I really was like, nobody is going to marry me if I tell them. Did you ever worry about that? Like when you were dating? Yes, absolutely. But it was like on my list of things that at this point, once I started like really tapping into my gifts, it was like on my list that whoever I end up with has to be like, they don't have to like believe in all of it, so to speak, but they have to know that it's part of my life and I'm going to like bring it to the table and they have to be okay with it without thinking I'm like super crazy or like, you know, denouncing me for it or anything like that. So 
once I was like, oh, this is just part of who I am. It's going to be part of who I am. It became such an important part of me that just like a pet or a kid or anything else, it's like, you kind of right. got to take the whole package. Totally. I totally get that. But at my time, we were all off on our own. There was no so early. Yeah, it was so early. It was no Instagram, nobody sharing this stuff. So I really like had to keep it to myself. And I really, that's one of the things like I give it to my husband, Benny, because he married a fashion and beauty editor and like ended up with a psychic. So he totally got a bit, um, what do you call it? Switch, switch and bait? Bait and switch. Bait and switch. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say a bitch and wait, but it's a-, <laughs> <laughs> a bait and switch. And he like just, just did it with so much grace, you know, like he really did a good job. So definitely like, it was just something you guys that I, I, I wish I had a better story for you, but the truth is I really feel that that was part of my path because I teach so many people how to wake up to these gifts. I think that if I was the kid that was like the superhuman kid that was psychic at two years old, this story, this wouldn't work because I really like what I found in my journey is that this intuition and these like psychic abilities are within all of us and that we wake up to them. So, you know, am I, do I have like more talent than the average? Probably, but it was really like my curiosity and my desire to learn and like my craziness of like wanting to keep, you know, learning and trying is what developed this muscle. So that's why, like when I, teach other people. I mean, we've taught so many people, Angelica, that like came from nothing or came from, you know, like some super corporate job into being like these uber psychic people. So I'm really grateful for my path. I'm grateful that there was no signs at like a very young age where like my kids, for instance, like they can already, you know, they do spirit guide meditations. Our middle one was seeing auras like at a very young age, things like that. I didn't have any of that. And it was probably because I wasn't in a house that, you know, that spoke up, like allowed me to have that. Again, my mom, I'm no joke. I would have, I'm not even, it's a joke, but it's for real. She would have totally taken me somewhere to make sure that that would have left me. Thank God you kept it a secret so that we didn't have to like exercise you of all these beautiful gifts that you have. Exactly. That would have been very sad. I love that story. And I, you're totally right. Like your ability to like know that everybody has potential and how much you cultivate it is completely up to you in your path is something that's really, really special. I think it also makes for a really inclusive community because people are at all different levels in, you know, in your community and are attracted to you from all different walks of life. And for that reason, like your story just resonates with so many different people. It's beautiful. Um, So speaking of intuition and dating, how did you know that Benny was different from the other guys that you dated? And like, did you know, since you were already kind of on this path, did you know intuitively that he was the right one or did it take some time for you to kind of feel him out? So everything about Benny was different. So if you guys don't know, my my dating life was very interesting. I was definitely like the girl that showed up with a different guy to every event. Like it was wedding season during that time. Like all my friends were getting married and my poor friends were probably like, who the shit is Nikki going to... I mean, I always had good taste and I never brought like some shady ass guy, but they were definitely worried about me. I, they probably thought I was like a little slutty, you know, not going to lie. And the truth was that I just was like, I, I really enjoyed the dating process. I had like a great time. I was already intuitive. So I, it's not that I was like practicing any of these things, but I could, I, you know, I was like, I was able to read people. So it was totally fun for me. I like knew exactly what to do to like, you know, get the guy and all these things. It was, it was all sorts of fun. So when I, but I was again, like in this very, 
you know, very Miami lifestyle. I lived in the high rise. I worked in downtown at, you know, at these publications. And um, I would definitely have like this kind of fancy position. So I was dating like the same type of guys, you know, it was like dating either the artists or like the finance guy, like all those, like, you know, very like shiny job, you know, shiny people. So that's what I was dating, but I had already figured out that like, okay, this is not going to work. This is not going super well. I have to, you know, I got, I got to find myself a real person, a real man. So I started doing like the manifesting things, which I teach in the final swipe. And I started saying like, okay, I'm going to like kind of, you know, look for the inside this time. I'm really going to kind of, you know, you know, harness that. So I meet Benny at my best friend's engagement party. And this is like my best friend. I mean, she was my maid of honor. This is my best friend from sixth grade. Like we have been best friends our whole lives. And it was weird because I was dating a really hot guy at the time, but he couldn't come. So I went by myself to the engagement party. And it was weird because I really thought like, I mean, my parents went to this party. Like it was everybody I knew and all my friends' parents were going. Like I knew everybody at this party. So I really didn't think, and I, she had been dating her boyfriend long enough who I actually was there the day she met him. So I assumed like there would be nobody new. Like I, I knew I was, I thought I was going to know everybody there. And I show up there and I see this guy and Benny was, he's still good looking, but he's, you know, gained a little weight guys and he's working on it. <laughs> Poor guy. But Benny, we love you. <laughs> he's gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> Poor Benny. We love you, Benny. So he is like a very he's a very good looking guy. And this, you know, was in our prime. We were so good looking. He was like, I guess Benny was 32 when I met him. And you know, I, he was just like, it caught my eye right away. He was a tall guy, he was a good looking guy. And he was talking to one of my best friends' boyfriend at the time. And I just like went straight for him. I don't know what I was thinking. I like, I walked into that conversation. Like I was not invited into that conversation. It was two guys talking. Like there was no space for me. I don't know why, what I was thinking. And I walked up to it and I just like interrupted the conversation. And I don't, I don't know. And I'm guessing, you know, that's probably the beginning of knowing. They're very like uncharacteristic of me, but went for it. Mind you, my mom is somewhere around this party. So I mean, just like apparently Benny says that he remembers very vividly that like my mom kept just like walking around the party, like following me, like to see who I was talking to. Like she, he didn't know who the woman was. And he was like, because my mom is very short. She doesn't look like me. And he was like, who is this woman? And then like later he figures out that I'm like, oh, that's my mom. <laughs> just following also known me. as your chaperone for yes. this, this event. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so you're talking to the eligible bachelors in the room. Oh my God. Our Cuban daughter can get married off and <laughs> as long as you here. Exactly. Thank you. I was the only single girl at the party. So anyways, that was kind of like, that's how we met. So that was like very fate. And funny enough, we had been to like a lot of the same parties. We just had never, we had never connected. It was definitely, and I wasn't ready to meet him otherwise. So met him. But again, you guys, he was so different. Like he had, he worked, he lived in the suburbs and he had like a home because he had a daughter who was already three. And I thought that was like very bizarre. Like I was like, you don't live in a high rise. Like you live in a house, you own your house. Wait a second. Who are you? <laughs> he drove a pickup truck. And I thought that was like very strange. And thankfully my roommate at the time, she went to school in Georgia and she's like, pickup trucks are hot, Nikki. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, pickup truck. Cause you know, Miami girls, we drive like, we look for guys that drive like Audis and BMWs. Fourth cars, yeah. yeah. Like that's it. That's like what we get here. And so I found that a little strange. 
but there were like a lot of signs. Like, so actually the first time I stepped into his house, I gasped. Like I've told that story that like, I literally like sucked in my breath because the minute I walked into that house, like just all this energy like came over me and I just knew I was going to live in that house. And it was our first house together. It was like where we had our first baby and everything was a beautiful home for us. But that actually scared me because I was had major, major like commitment problems, like was afraid of like getting too close to anybody. So the first month was beautiful together. But like, after I realized that like this guy was serious and that I was being called to be with him, I ran away. So like for like six weeks or so, I just kind of totally, I just like flaked on him a bunch. I wouldn't call him back. I was dating other people, this poor guy. And like, finally he gave up on me. And then the funny story about how I actually like kind of really started dating him was I was coming from LA to Miami on on a flight after New Year's. And I guess there was something in me that wanted to like, you know, when you're dating, like you have like five people around you for some reason, like you're like, you haven't closed the loop on all these different guys. Like I was in that situation that there was like a guy in LA and then like two in Miami and like, they were just still like dangling there. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I got a feng shui, like my dating life here. So I r- sat on that airplane and I wrote what my friends told to call today, like my breakup email. So I was like writing these emails and I was just closing the doors on these people that I knew like were not, you know, and Benny was kind of a loop that was not closed because we, it was like a slow fade. I didn't really like, I just kind of flaked on him enough, but the door was kind of still open. So I'm writing all these messages to people. And then like, I show up to Benny and in my head, I was going to write him the same, like closing the door. I just wanted to like clean the energy. And as I'm writing the message, I somehow this message turned into something else. It was like an apology message. All of a sudden it was like, I'm sorry, you know, I was here and there and I was thinking you'd give me another chance and blah, blah, blah. So that was the message he got and he responded right away. It was like a Facebook like message or whatever. And then he asked me out and guess what? Your homegirl flaked on him again. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki. So bad. So bad. So then at that point, I was like, oh man, this guy's not going to take me seriously anymore. But he was, I didn't know him well enough. I like, I really just didn't know him well, but I really felt like very strong called to him. So I knew that he was going to, he was trying to get his daughter into like preschool at this Catholic school. And here in Miami, like if you want to send your kid to Catholic school, which all of us good Cuban kids do, you got to spend a lot of money. So you have to like go on Sundays and buy, basically like give like, you know, give your money. And so Benny would go every Sunday to this church to like leave his money so that his daughter can get into the school. And I knew that was like the only place that like I would spot him alone. So like, I said, like a good Uh-oh. stalker. <laughs> yes, this is my romantic, this is my rom-com moment. Okay. So I, <laughs> Jellica's nervous. Wait for, I know I'm on pins and needles over here. Things are getting weird. Things Let's hear it. So weird. So I drive my ass to this church, knowing that like I knew at what time he went and what time he was going to be there. And I'm like walking myself into the church. And as I'm walking, what did you wear? That's what we need to know. What did you wear for this like <laughs> soccer moment and also slash rom com redemption date? Yes. Okay. Um, it was like my Brooklyn Bridge moment. No, like when you're crossing the bridge, I was definitely wearing, like jeans. You know, I was just like wearing a normal like. Yeah, I look, okay, we have to be casual. Yeah, I was looking decent. It was casual. Okay. So I walk okay. in there with heels though. And I walk in there I mean, as he's walking, he's walking out. So he didn't stay. He just like dropped his money and was like leaving the mass. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, I came to see you. I'm stalking you. And he's like, well, you could have just called me. And I was like, okay. Or shown up to the 52 dates that you flaked on before. <laughs> Might've been easier, but here we are. 
poor guy. So then, you know, he ended up like, he was not, he didn't invite me to dinner. He was going to get food. And he's like, you can come with me if you like. Like I was like his puppy basically. And I was like, okay, I'll come with you. So I follow him. I apologize to him. And that was like, you know, the beginning of, and then I just, I never flaked on him again. So I knew not in a like, oh, had a psychic or, or a spiritual, like no spirit guides or anything that told me that, which I think is nice. But like my body knew a lot, but his exterior, he did not like, I mean, he's good looking, but the, everything he had, I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do with that. I was very confused. Like I also was confused that like he had a daughter. I was confused that like he lives in the suburbs. I was confused that he like had his own like service-based business. Like I was so, I was so confused about all of him. So that really caught my eye like off guard, you know, but his insides were exactly what I needed. And here we are 10 years later. Beautiful. I love that. You know, I had a rom-com moment. Well, no, not that extreme. That was, that's pretty, (laughs) do have a little bit of one, but we'll save that for a different day. What I'm selfishly curious to know is what is your best relationship advice? You've had, you have this beautiful relationship with Benny. I'm sure you guys have been through ups and downs and bait and switches and all of that good stuff. So I'm curious, what's your best advice for a loving and healthy relationship? Oh, you know, I would say that one of my favorite things is that like, I think we're constantly, the cool thing about relationships is that like, you know, they're always mirroring us. There's always like this constant, like, you know, example of like kind of what is happening within us or like what we want out of ourselves, all this stuff. And you know, we can't help it, but we get into these relationships that we like want to fix the other person or we, we want the other person to do like things for us and all that kind of stuff. And I definitely have fallen into that trap. And I really like with all my relationships, I really just always try to remember like not to blame other people, but that was the MO in my family. Like it was just a constant, you know, blaming. So that's in many ways, like how I learned to love myself was like by blaming other people. And that did not, you know, that wasn't going to go anywhere with, but Benny is a very, I mean, just, he's more lo- like more heart centered than I am. He's this very loving person, but like, he will not take like abuse or he will not take like blame. I mean, he like has very strong like boundaries around that. Um, and he doesn't like it. Like he gets, you just, he's just, you don't get the best out of him if you ever do that to him. So th- he taught me that like, that wasn't going to work. So I had to figure out another way. And what I learned was like, I learned to really like, to look within myself and to like work on myself basically and hold the faith. Cause a lot of girls that like get into this work, you know, into like spiritual work where they were like, well, what kind of book can I give my husband or how can I get my husband into this stuff? You know, it's always the question. I remember this girlfriend being like, so what book can I slip to my husband that like doesn't say spirituality or doesn't say personal growth, but is personal growth. And I'm like, what question are you asking here? And, you know, we all fall into that. And I definitely fell into that. And I learned that like, and then, you know, you go into the other route that you're like, oh, I've been working on myself so much. And you get that like spiritual conceitedness, you know, like where you get like all like big on yourself. You're like, oh, I'm so woke. So that's another extreme that we can take in our relationships and in this work. So what I found was, I had to find this like kind of middle place of doing my work and always working on ascending and releasing and all those things and truly trusting that I was like a, like a virus that like the people in my house were going to catch. And like that kind of seeing Benny that way and and wanting him to catch the disease and not even wanting him, but knowing that he was going to catch it always like just 
that's how we groove. Like I don't, cause he, in the beginning would always joke and he'd always be like, he's like next lifetime. I'm not going to marry a personal, what would he call, what would he call me? Um, a motivational speaker. Cause he says that I always try to like motivational speak him. <laughs> so he like used my language on me. He's like next lifetime. I'm not going to marry a motivational speaker. So like, you know, all these things like weren't working. It was like not the way to motivate him. So I learned to like be my own person and to like inspire and to also hold on to the knowing that like he's going to do it in his own way. And that, that was like my, that was like the little seed I was planting in him through like my own love, not in like, Oh, I'm better than him or anything like that. On the contrary, like he taught me how to, like he fixed that within me. Like he taught me to do that um, and to love him that way. And that is how we like live these like nice, like independent lives. I also have my little tricks in my sleep. You know, you guys know that like, I'll sit there in meditation and I'll talk to his soul and I'll be like, soul, you said that we were going to, you know, like work on this shit together and you are not <laughs> rising. So I do have conversations with the soul also, but that was one of the big ones for me. Like, I really feel that that is, you know, you want, I, I did set the intention that I wanted to marry somebody who was going to be my partner and who was going to be willing to grow with me. Cause I had a relationship before that, like when things got hard, he left and that was like a big deal for me. And I realized that there were people that, you know, grow with you and there are people that don't grow with you. So that was an intention I set for when I was attracting Benny, but then I had to learn how two little plants sit next to each other and they grow. I thought that like one plant had to strangle the other plant and like make it grow. (laughs) But I, (laughs) I later learned that like you can, and he taught me that, that like we grow side by side. And that has been one of the, the blessings and the lessons in this relationship. That is beautiful. Thank you for that. We will all take that advice to heart. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, this question has come up a lot in the soul collective recently, but like, how do I get my partner on board? Like I'm having this major moment. And the reality is you just grow in your own pot and like being next to your growth and witnessing your growth is either going to compel someone to do their own or, you know, or not. And those are both different paths that that other soul, you know, has the option to take. And And like bring them on, you know, like I was just like, you know, cheering him and doing what you can, you know, like I'll send like, you know, that's, I'll send him like healings and things like that. But then I think also when Benny wants me to do something that like, I'm not, you know, he sends me lots of love, you know, he, he gives me like lots of like words of love and things like that. And that's like his way of like clearing me also. So. Beautiful. Okay. We're going to switch gears a little bit. So we've talked a lot about intuitive Nikki and dating Nikki. I'm curious, what does your morning routine look like? How do you start your days? You guys know I'm crazy over here. I'm very hectic life. So um, we have three children. They all go to three different schools. So that's part of my morning routine. So what I have to do, and I know a lot of you people think I'm crazy, but I have to wake up earlier. I have to wake up earlier than everybody because if not, there's then it's just the worst is to be like woken up by one of your children and just feel, I was telling Benny the other day, I was like, you know, I feel like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm a queen. I'm a badass. Like I'm waking up. And then all of a sudden, like I walk out of my room and then I'm like, I'm a slave. I'm a servant. Cause like my kids see me. And so, you know, you have to wake up before them. And so it doesn't happen every day, but I, what I do is I wake up before them. So that's usually around like five, five thirty, 
And then I'll do some sort of like body movement, whether it's a, like a yoga class online or a Peloton, or I go for a run. Like my definitely my favorite is the run, but it's dark outside and depends on like the weather or whatever. So I do some sort of movement. And then after that movement, I will typically like have, because when I move my body, like I have a lot of awakenings because I, as a cancer in all areas, I'm very emotional. So like my emotions is like always a thing that I need to get through. So when I move my body, like all these emotions start moving and I have a lot of understanding. So typically what I'll do after that body movement, I'll dance usually outside under the moon and I'll release a lot. So I'm constantly releasing because I work with so many people too. Like I have to constantly like release and clear my energy. So that's one of my routines. And then after that, I go into meditation and my meditation is always different. Sometimes it's like just clearing my mind. Sometimes it's like an actual channeling um, and sometimes it's journeying. So depending on like what I need, or prayer or gratitude, like just a moment with like spirit is basically like what happens. And then I'll probably journal like a few things. And then that's it. Like I walk into my house and it's the the craziness. And it's just a typical like mom morning where I make breakfast for everybody, um, pack lunches, get everybody. So Betty and I have to divide and conquer because we have three kids in three different schools. Cause we're like, you know, very, we, you know, we planned our children very poorly guys. Just, you know, if you're going to have kids, try to, I know like I didn't have them back to back. So maybe some people will argue with me, but put them close together. It's much easier. So we have like a big spread. So Benny takes the oldest one up North and then like the two young boys are next to each other. So we drop them off and then that's it. And then like once, and then I, <laughs> I, I drop them off and I play like music. I'm like, freedom, freedom. And I started heading home to go work. And funny enough, the other day, I was like driving down that road, like with my windows down, feeling myself because I was so excited because I just dropped off like the last kid at school. And dude, I get stuck with a this police, you know, gives me a ticket because I was that was driving like 20 in a in a school zone. <laughs> and he pulled me over and he was like, You were going, you know, whatever. I think it was like a 15, I was going like 25 or something, like 10 miles or something like that. And he's like, you were going, whatever. I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I just dropped off my third kid at school and I was celebrating and I had no idea that the fucking yellow lights were blinking. So give me the ticket. What is it? 300 bucks? Fine. Give it to me. That, that's the price of freedom, ladies and gentlemen, the low, low price of freedom, $300 and a, a speeding ticket. Worth it. I'm pretty sure I was jamming to, what the hell? That's not, the panic at the disco, um, into the unknown, which- uh, Oh, for- you were- in so, it. Yes. It was a frozen, not even, I mean, it was a Disney song. Okay. It wasn't even like going for anything. Yeah. That's it. That, that's so that's my routine. And then, um, I have like evening routines too. I have, I do a lot of my, my, like my manifesting kind of shifting my energy. I do a lot of that at night before I go to sleep. So those are my routines. Beautiful. What time do you wake up in the morning and how long does that whole routine, how long does it take you before you like walk in the house and start making breakfast and packing lunches? For the kids. So it's like about, so like I wake up at five, but I probably like, you know, by the time I get dressed or whatever, I'm probably like exercising like at 520. So it's about like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes or so. It's kind of, yeah. Solid. All right. We love it. Thank you for sharing. I'm curious because you mentioned sometimes your spirit guides will journey you in your morning meditations, if that's necessary. What's the coolest journey that they've ever taken you on? Oh, I've been on so many cool ones. I would say like one of my, you know, I think sometimes like some of the first journeys are the coolest. I remember being journeyed in my sleep because I wasn't, uh, you know, because once we start getting into this work, like if you're not 
if you don't know how to do it during the day, which is what I was, where I was at, they'll do it for you at night. So I was already like connecting with them and like, you know, writing little notes and trying to connect with them. And, but I didn't know how to like sit in meditation and actually journey. I didn't have like the ability to like hold my focus for that long. So I was brought into this cool journey of like three lives and almost like they brought me like up these levels. And the first life was me as this like Native American, which my one spirit guide that does all the readings with me, like he is Hylem. He's like famous. All you guys know. Very famous. I was, yes, he is the other character on this podcast. (laughs) Yes. So we got Hylem and then I saw that um, experience and that was like a very important lifetime for me. So I see that, that lifetime often, but it was the first time I saw it in that dream. And then he brought me up to this like other one, which was hilarious. I was I guess like a few weeks, this was a while ago. My grandmother was still alive. My mom's mom. And my funny note about me, you guys, the women in my family have huge breasts. And for some reason, like I have, like, I'm a barely a, you guys, it's like, you know, those, like, you know, I'm part of the itty bitty titty committee, like online and all those things. Like I am so flat, but I've never bothered me that I actually like have always embraced it. Cause I always thought that would like be a lot of work to have breasts. And my, I promise this is going somewhere. My grandmother, like a few days before I had this dream, my grandmother was like, Nicole, you know, why don't you get your breasts done? Like it's, you know, everybody in Miami does it. It's like very easy. Like, you know, we can get it done. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm okay. Like I feel, I feel good, whatever. The women in my family like felt bad for me. Like they thought something was wrong with me because it, it's weird. It's like genetically there. It's kind of weird how it happens, you know? So I have this, this spirit guy, like kind of journeying me. And then my second lifetime, it was like, I was this woman at like a bra, like kind of working at a, I guess is a brothel the right word? Like it was like a bar, but like, you know, pretty like kind of, you're kind of, uh, yeah, like in the middle there. And there's a lot of things on the menu at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So my boobs are like huge. And I was like really taking advantage of that lifetime. Mm -hmm. And something in that lifetime told me like that I decided I was not going to come with a body like that again, this lifetime. So that was like a funny I remember just being like, that is hilarious. Like out of all the things that they want to journey and show me, like that was one of the lifetimes they showed me. And then I had an explanation for like why I look like this. Like I didn't want that to be part of this lifetime. And then, and then they brought me to like a third lifetime that was like me helping like this witch. And like, I was learning to be a witch. It was this really interesting stuff. So a lot of those, so that was like one of my favorites because it was like one of my first, but what I love about the journeys is like how, they bring like a piece of you back almost. Like I always feel, you know, I've been journeyed to like Lemuria before because I've lived lifetimes there. It's like a place that I remember very much. And those journeys always like bring a little like piece of the puzzle back to me, like a little piece of my soul. So that's why I love them. And I I feel like they're like children. I really can't pick my favorites, but I've had a lot of cool ones and I hope you guys get to experience those. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like a, sounds like you're describing like almost like a remembering like, mm-hmm. oh, I rem- like, like a memory that's kind of like locked away and you get to remember it yes. and then expand. Beautiful. Yeah. It sounds like in that they were kind of taking you through like a progression of like up levels, kind of like how you move through lifetimes. I'm curious if you can tell us about a time you were going through a human up level and what that experience was like, what came with it, what were the side effects, all that good stuff. That's such a good question. I'm always going through up levels. It's something that is actually all over my chart. Also, if you like look at my natal chart, so that's a very exhausting, but it's a normal part. And what's funny, Angelica, is that, so you guys know, I teach Soul Teacher, which is our level three program. And Soul Teacher is a huge up level for the girls. Like they come in starting one way and they end, it's a huge transformation. 
And they end another way. So I just finished my second soul teacher. We're going to move into our third in a couple of weeks. And I've been able to like watch the girls, you know, go through these transformations. What I realized is that, you know, something that of course I should have known better, but in this work, like in order to be a good teacher and in order to, you know, be a leader for them, like I am myself, I'm always ascending. Like I am, I'm always constantly like, you know, healing and removing layers and all these kind of things. So when I teach soul teacher, I go through a transformation with them. And I, the first soul teacher had a huge transformation, but I just thought like it was coincidence. And then the second one, it's like another one. I'm like, shit, how many times is this going to happen? Because like soul teacher comes up pretty often. Like we're doing soul teacher. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Doing soul teacher, you know, every quarter or whatever. So I, when you guys are going through those up levels by working with me, by joining any of the programs, by being with us in Soul Collective, believe me, I'm going through them with you just in a different way. I would say that, I do want to say that like, so my very first, first one was I, my first awakening. Basically, I was really young. I, I was engaged very young. I don't know if you guys know that, but I was engaged to my high school sweetheart. We had dated for like eight years. He was a professional athlete. And again, like I was raised to kind of, you know, I wasn't like really allowed to like leave my house unless I was like married or like either, you know, in a white dress or in a casket, basically. It was like the concept. So I met this guy and, you know, he was my boyfriend for a long time. He was a good Cuban kid. And, you know, I was going to marry the guy. And two months before the wedding, I went to New York to like visit a girlfriend, which I shouldn't have been doing because I should have been planning my wedding, which was like not ready at all. And on that trip, I, you know, I had this really big awakening that I heard like God basically in my, in my ears. And I just heard like, you're made for something greater. Like this is not your path. So I came back home. I broke off the wedding, you know, the whole deal broke off the, the engagement, this whole thing. And I moved, you know, a few weeks, a few months later, I moved to California. And that was really like the beginning of my awakening. It was kind of the beginning of all this, this work. And like, I feel like the first awakening is kind of soft, but then you're going to go into these like other awakenings, these other up levelings that are rough, you know, that they can like, you're removing stuff from yourself. Like you, you're dying. So the, these awakenings are basically like these up levels, which is maybe more of a masculine way of saying it, but you're basically like a version of you is dying. And then you're being reborn. And I feel like the first awakenings are like soft, just to like, you know, it's like the drug dealer. They're like, here, like, this is fun. Like, look how, you know, look at these awakenings. You get to move to California. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But the more I did this work, the more I realized like how some were so painful, you know, and, um, and hard, but I would, I will say that once I started to understand that they happen and I, and there's such a, there's a beginning and an end to them. So there's a beginning and an end to these up levels. So once they started happening over and over again, I at least like didn't feel so afraid because I knew there was going to be like an end. So the only difference, and I know, I guess I'm not really like answering the question, but what I'm saying is that like, you know, it's a good thing that you're dying and, you know, being rebirthed all the time, but some are going to be easier than others, but there's always this end to it. And like, once you get to the end, then you're going to invite the healing more and more. So I invite the healing and like all those awakenings and all those things. And I'm currently going through an up level myself right now, like in my business, like I, we have so many more people now. I'm not able to like do as many readings. I have to pass on my knowing to so many people. That's why we have like Angelica and all these mentors. And like, I have to give, you know, I have to pass that on. I have to trust so much more. I have to learn to 
to give to like the masses rather than like the one-on-one. I'm a cancer. I feel really comfortable in a little cave, believe it or not. And this kind of being in front of a lot of people is, is something I'm still trying to figure out and still trying to navigate. And these are all just like big, big up levels for me that are scary and they continue to happen, but it's nice to know that there's like another side to it. And that's what keeps me going for them. Like once you get to the other side, you're like, okay, give me more, you know? Like life is always better with the ascensions, but there's some deaths that are like brutal. I know Angelica's had some. Quite a few, yes. I affectionately call Nikki Grim Reaper Barbie, if you've ever heard me call her that before, because she's obviously such a beautiful blonde and, you know, you just expect all this love and light and unicorns and rainbows, which of course exist. And also she kind of comes to help you usher in your up levels or awakening. So yes, I have been the wonderful recipient on the other side of those healings, which is beautiful. So you alluded to just kind of like all of the changes in your business and Nikki Novoco. And a big part of that is the creation of the Soul Collective community. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what inspired you to create that and kind of where you see it going. Oh, I love Soul Collective. Well, it's twofold. And I it was like the, the baby that I never knew I needed, you know, type of thing. That's kind of how Soul, so Soul Collective was actually inspired by one of our Soul Teacher graduates and now a mentor, Christine, who does um, beautiful, like soulful marketing. And, you know, she came in, she looked at my business and she's like, you, like, we need a space, like we need a community space. And basically like we had community based around like the courses we have like, soul, you know, the three levels, we have soul seeker, leader and teacher. And we had like communities around each of those on Facebook, but it was totally messy. And I knew that one of the things that I've learned through intuitive work is that the, one of the ways to like really grow that intuition is by putting people into groups and like letting them practice together. So we started to see that happen underneath each, each program, but we were like, you know, why are they all over the place? Like, let's just put them into one place, which is how Soul Collective was born and let them be together, let them grow together. Cause that's the way we grow together. So if you guys remember the beginning of my story, like I was studying by myself, like nobody knew I was doing this. I had like one girlfriend that would go to the psychics with me, but she wasn't like as interested in the work and then I met Benny and I kind of like put all that work away for a while. And it didn't, it wasn't until I hired actually this assistant from Benny in his business. And, you know, I would work with her. We sat next, we would sit next to each other at work and she actually was younger than me. And she like was asking me questions about, I don't even know why she thought to ask me, but she's like, do you know anything about archangels? And, and I was like, yes. I like turned my chair and I was like, yes. And I had all this information for her because I'd been studying it for so long, but nobody knew I was studying it. And when she came into my life, Stephanie, when she came into my life, I started to have somebody to talk to and practice on each other. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that with some of your friends. And that was really like, that's where like my intuition got very strong. So we knew that that, like I knew that, we knew that because all of us have been working together. When I say all of us, I mean like the mentors and the teach the soul teachers, all like the community that had already kind of existed, but in different places, we knew that to be true. So I was like, that's it. We got to make Soul Collective. We thought about like making it this like membership, you know, because that's like what everybody else is doing. And you you will always fall into that bullshit of doing what everybody else is doing. But after like a week of having it open like that, I was like, no, like this needs to be completely free. This needs to be a place where we study together, where we exchange information, where we feel safe. Because I, of course, have 
been doing this for many lifetimes and I have been persecuted for this for many lifetimes. I've seen many of you in my journeys. And I know that I've been with so many of you guys for so many lifetimes and I'm basically just finishing what I've started, but I've been killed a few times for doing this work. So I'm trying to make a place where none of us feel like we're going to be killed, that we feel safe and that we are um, guided. I do also believe that there is a lot of talk about intuition, but the best way to make it work, intuition is so flowy and it's so feminine and needs a container. So what I try to do in the soul programs is really to give you guys containers to like be able to build that, that intuition within some certain like parameters. Cause that's, that's the best way for it to work too. So we knew we wanted to do that with soul collective. So it was really just a place for, for everybody to come home to like, that's what it really feels like to me. I feel it is completely not built by me, you guys, like you guys, everybody is building. Everybody is like putting their hands to it. Like every single member, every mentor, like it's amazing. Like it's the most beautiful. I feel like it's like a little home that each of us put like bricks on and it just keeps growing. So I'm really grateful for that. And it's actually twofold. So that's one reason. And then the second reason was I really saw that as like a, so what I see in soul teacher, like I see that a lot of us are wanting to do this as work, you know? And I think that when I first started seeing psychics, I was going to like the back alleys and like the worst parts of town in Miami and like meeting with like a Santera and getting a reading with her, like on a plastic chair for like 50 bucks. That's like all I knew existed when it came to, to psychics. So when I was getting to this point where I was being called to do this for work, I remember pulling this, I was doing like a deck of cards and I kept pulling a card that said like, I needed to get into mediumship. I'm like, yeah, right. Fuck you. Like, absolutely not. Like what am I going to like, just start doing readings like for 50 bucks. Like that's crazy. But you know, it brought me here. I followed, I always follow spirit. You guys, I will complain and kick and scream, but like, I will always follow. So I, I really feel like, so I kind of, you know, one of the things that's interesting about me is that like, I developed like this career as a paid like witch basically and seer and mystic, like it's a career. And I really, really feel that this has been a career for many, for forever, for a long time, but the patriarchy, you know, took it away as there were many feminine, many women oriented careers, like, you know, doulas and seers and healers and all this stuff that were, you know, whisked like away when the patriarchy came in. And when we started, you know, before there was a God, there was a goddess, but at some point, like we got rid of the goddess and we got into the God. And a lot of these like female careers were taken away. And I really feel that we're bringing this career as a seer or a mystic or a witch, whatever you want to call it back forward. And I feel that that's part of like why I'm here. And that's why I train so many people. And that's why I'm an example of that. So I really feel that Soul Collective also supports this new career for a woman. Like we, you know, of course I'm open to training men. They just haven't come my way yet. Well, we had one, you know, one John who was here with us last time, but like, I do believe that we are bringing forward this career all over again. And Soul Collective is a place for all these women who are doing that work to have a place to connect with some of the people that are also interested in their work. So we have been so blessed that we have such a nice network of people that do this work, that love this work, and they want to share it with people. So that's why there's a lot of all these amazing free classes in Soul Collective because of all the people that are willing to share themselves with us. So it's like a two, it's kind of this like interesting relationship where like 
I don't know how to explain it. It's like, we are, I feel like you might, you always have better words than I do, Angelica, but it's this relationship where we are like feeding each other, basically. Symbiotic relationship where it's like, you're like, you're cultivating people in the community to, to really grow into their gifts, experience their gifts. And then those people in turn come back and like fertilize the ground Mm -hmm. with those same gifts. And then that, those gifts again, cultivate like another crop. And then that crop comes back. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. It's like, we are self-sustainable basically in Soul Collective. And what's really interesting. So Soul Collective is free. But there's like all the payments of like all the people that are paying for like soul leader, seeker, teacher, like they support the freeness of these, of soul collective. And then we also support like these free, these teachers that come in for free, like, and then we support them back. So it's a, it's a beautiful, like it's a shared economy too, which is what I really love. It's like this big, you know, way of just self-sustaining and kind of like you said, like self-sustaining farming almost. That's what we're doing. So I love it. Yeah. When we were talking about, you were kind of like, you had this idea for this community. And um, that was one of the things that was just so beautiful is there's so much intention around creating sustainability, like financially, economically, so that we can really be free to like practice our gifts without the worry of like, you know, we still have human needs and resources and we're still in a capitalist, you know, society, but your message has always been like, there's plenty for everybody. And you really do a great job in the community by like cultivating that sense of like safety and security Um, also like economically and financially. And that's kind of beautiful. It's a very new, not new per se, very old, but feels very new to us way of kind of doing business. And definitely um, for lack of a better word, excuse my corny pun, but a very soul led way of doing business. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it is, yes. And it feels, and it's, it's supported by you guys. So I'm like, I feel very supported by everybody in Soul Collective and I want to support back. So I just feel like we're just constantly supporting each other. So if you're not in Soul Collective, come on over. What are you waiting for? Come hang out with all of my favorite humans and souls. Yes. It's a place for us. (laughs) One, one. Just so you guys know. Perfect. Look at that. Perfect timing. Is there anything else you want to share with the community and the people that are listening to us right now? Oh, um, well, I'll tell you a little bit about what I envisioned for the podcast. So, well, thank you again. Thanks everybody for sending me these questions. It's so fun. Always fun talking about yourself. You know, you know how that goes, but um, (laughs) I'm excited about this podcast because there's a lot of like weirdo questions that I have that I want to talk to people about. And I wasn't able to do it on the final swipe. So I'm excited to like, let my, my true like freak flag, like fly, you know, if you can believe that there's more to it, there is. So I'm excited to talk about what it looks like to live a spiritual life, to live a soul led life, you know, cause I try to, people always ask me like, why are you so grounded? And it's like, well, cause I have a husband, I have three kids. I, you know, I run a business, but I'm extremely soul led. Like I want to whatever my soul signed up for this lifetime, like whatever contract it signed, like I really want to do it like a solid and and follow it. So that's really what we're going to be exploring through this podcast in, in many different ways. I don't let any, just anybody come on the podcast. So know that like, if I'm bringing somebody on, it's because I love them and, um, and I really stand by their work. So that's exciting for me to just be able to have that, you know, control over who gets to talk to you guys. Cause I care about you so much. So we'll be having those conversations and we're going to be sharing like just 
the, I'm excited to introduce you to all the soul mentors. So you can hear other perspectives, like not just my own perspective, but like what they, and I don't, I'm not an expert in all these different modalities and they all bring those to the table. So I'm excited to have them and just kind of, you know, like go and, and grow together. So I'm really excited to, this just gives, and I've already recorded some some interviews and they're really great. So I'm so excited for you guys and we'll be pumping them out every week. So I hope you enjoy. I'm very open to like what you want to talk about, what you want to hear about. So, you know, find me on Instagram, DM me. It's probably the easiest way. And we're going to have Angelica on soon to talk about her story. So thank you, Angelica, for being here with me and being my friend. Where can people reach you on Instagram? First of all, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to ask you these questions. It was, we kept it very, you know, transitional, but I'm excited to see how high the freak flag flies throughout the life of this podcast. If, if past is any indication, we're going to the moon. So very excited. People can find me on Instagram at Angelica Ray. Uh, if you're interested in connecting me there on the social. And then of course, if you're interested in booking a reading with me, you can find me on the Nikki Novo website under Clarity Readings. But ultimately it is my goal to just be a resource and a light. And one of the things I'm most passionate about in my work is helping people make the transition. Um, we talked a lot about like up-leveling and the awakening process. And just by way of you tuning in to this podcast today and connecting with this, uh, inevitably things are going to start to come up for you and shift for you. And and that can be really scary. So if you're going through that, definitely, I would love to connect with you and kind of share any wisdom that I can to kind of help um, usher you and, and help birth you through to the other side. So connect with me that way. Yeah. You're like a Sherpa. You know, it's like she's climbed the mountain a couple of times and she's like, and then you're climbing the mountain. You're like, is this shit ever going to end? Am I really going to get there? Is there really something on the other side? Is it really worth it? And the Sherpa's like, you know, just your reminder of like, I promise done this before. Yes. Come, 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 come child. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Sherpa. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us and we will see you soon. Much love always. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much. 